Running Out of Runway, a discussion about startups, founders, and feelings. This week, we're talking about everyone's new remote reality. Many people didn't ask to work from home for the last 60 days, but here we are nonetheless. For many, it's been a welcome change with no commute and the ability to walk the dog whenever they like. For others, their children or spouses or managers make working from home more like working from hell. Surveys claim that up to 77% of employees say they'd like to keep working remotely or only go into the office for specific purposes. Whether you like it or not, remote work is now a de facto standard for knowledge and technology workers. There is no putting the genie back in the bottle. Many businesses that were adamantly against hiring remote employees are now offering remote first gigs, some with permanent work from home policies for employees going forward. The tide, she has turned and working without pants is here to stay. As someone who has been largely remote for over a decade, I'm pretty well versed in the perils and positives of working from home. Personally, I'm happiest when I can be in my favorite chair, hacking on something, and occasionally interrupted by walks with my border collie. But when running a startup, is it possible to actually focus and work with your co-founders in a remote fashion? I would answer a resounding yes. My last company was entirely remote. My co-founder lived in Denver, and I was here in Cleveland. We never had an office outside the 90 days of working together during the Techstars program. We were able to conceptualize, design, develop, pitch, fundraise, hire, sell, and operate without any issues. As we grew to 10 staffers, we continued to stay remote despite pressure from investors to get an office. We had team members across the country, and communication and culture both thrived. How do we do it? We did it by being hyper-communicative and making concerted efforts to stay aligned every single day. Every workday, at an established time that was reasonable for our distributed team, we'd hold a quick stand-up meeting. Usually, I would discuss the latest macro status of the business, fundraising, sales, marketing, customer support, and development initiatives. Then, each team member would run through what they've been working on, things they need help with, and ask for feedback. At a maximum length of one hour, this short meeting sets the pace for the business and ensures that each team member feels bought in, connected, and confident that everyone else is working as hard as they are. As we grew, it wasn't uncommon to have our Slack channel humming at all hours. Nearly everything was overshared to different channels, either manually or via integrations. Every customer that bought went to the sales channel. Every support ticket went to the support channel. Every API failure, every push to get, every cancellation. This transparency allowed everyone to stay up to the minute and eliminate opportunities for being blindsided. It's also important to share and include the team in communications with existing or potential customers. By participating in actual conversations with users and buyers, developers or marketers can gain new insight on how to be effective and make the product better. They again feel included and more motivated about their work as they really understand why they're doing what they're doing. From a help desk perspective, this broader base of knowledge also helps with the continuity of support when someone is out of office, or if a specific technical issue is identified by having some awareness of what's happening, debugging the problem becomes much easier. In order to let off some steam, almost once a week we would have an informal circle up where there is an open discussion about what wasn't working or could be improved. These were important because maintaining a flat hierarchy was a key aspect of our company culture. Keep it positive by moving topics along without dwelling too much. 
When you spend so much time on Skype or Slack, periodic in-person time is usually even more effective than an office-based workplace. Usually coinciding with biannual board meeting, our team offsites afforded opportunities to develop tighter interpersonal relationships and foment a better culture across the staff. When possible, we'd usually set aside a full day to work together as a team and then have dinner together to cheer the last few months and talk about the outlook and plan for the upcoming months. A good meal and a few drinks can go a long way to bring people together. But when you're not physically together, one of the best ways to maintain continuity of standards and work through tricky projects is to have two or more of the team work together virtually. In our early days, we loved using Screen Hero, which is now Slack Calls, to pair program and work together on designs or documents. Envision was also huge for sharing and getting feedback, either on designs or on new interfaces or new marketing content. Whenever we'd need to discuss something more widely, a Skype call or a Zoom meeting was quick and easy to set up and almost always got the job done. Just because you're a thousand miles apart doesn't mean you can't work together effectively. As a product person, maintaining a product strategy and tactical plan that was transparent and able to be quickly updated was key. While I've used Atlassian's legacy products, Monday, Miro, Product Plan, Roadmonk, and even just plain old Google Sheets, Trello continues to be my favorite lightweight but still powerful way to keep track of releases, backlog, and strategic level planning. Having the ability to share that roadmap with a tactical development plan built around it keeps everyone aware and aligned of where things are headed. So how can your existing business dip your toes into the remote waters? Well, nothing is going to happen unless you trust your employees to actually work from home. If you can't or don't, then there are two possible issues you face. You hired the wrong people. If you don't believe they're gonna get anything done sitting at their home office or on their couch, then you probably don't think they're doing their job at their desk either. Or more likely, you're a paranoid control freak. Your team is full of quality people and you can't let go of being able to look over their shoulders and judge how long they take for lunch every day. Your first step is to start with announcing a change in policy that allows staff to work from home for X number of days per week or month. Set expectations around attending meetings virtually or blackout dates where working from home isn't acceptable. Next, pick days where everyone is required to work from home. This helps the laggards who dislike the idea of working virtually get a taste of the experience without feeling guilty about it. It can also help normally in-office people end any doubts about the productivity of their remote peers. Speaking of those peers, give hiring remote employees a try. You'll be surprised by how many quality candidates you can find around the country and around the world, many of which might be willing to work for less just because their position is primarily remote. It's a perk. Maybe try holding your next all-hands meeting via Zoom instead of in person. Again, this can set a tone for the team that being remote is okay and that you won't be excluded from what's happening if you're not in the office every day. So how do you take it to the next level after that? If you're ready to reduce the size of your office and make working from home a real part of daily life for your employees, here are a few transitional tips. Budgeting for equipment is vital. If laptops aren't the de facto standard hardware you issue a new employee, change that ASAP. Anyone who isn't rendering 3D models, editing lengthy videos, or running 10 VMs on their workstation doesn't need a desktop. External monitors though, and I mean monitors plural, are an absolute necessity. Let your team take them home if they need to. They'll be happier and more productive for it. Extra external mice, keyboards, and microphones aren't a bad idea either and maybe a good pair of headphones. If you really want to maximize their ability to transition from office, 
to home office and back, consider buying duplicate desks and chairs that they can use when working from home. Whatever makes them more productive. If any significant portion of your team is periodically or permanently remote, you probably don't need that big office filled with cubes anymore, right? Consider downsizing your real estate footprint and make your office space more focused on communal and meeting spaces for when people need to be in office and working together. Make your perks less office focused. The point of those perks you hear about all the time at top startups is usually to keep people in the office as long as possible. If that's no longer the focus, then your perks can be about actually rewarding good work and attracting talent. Instead of catered lunch, send everyone a Chipotle gift card once a month and have an all-hands virtual lunch. Instead of providing a workout space, pay for gym memberships. Instead of jars of candy throughout the office, ship surprise custom M&Ms when the team hits their goals. Instead of ping pong tables, host video game tournaments. Instead of plaques for employees of the month, pass your kudos on on social media. Don't ring a gong for a sale. Use an at everyone on Slack to call attention to it. If being forced to work remotely as part of the 2020 quarantine hasn't made you consider a broader stance on working from home going forward, consider these facts. Remote teams are more cost-effective, more productive, and happier than in-office workers. By moving to a work-from-home friendly policy, you can spend less on an office, less on furniture, less on utilities, and less on recruiting. And your team's ability to roll with the punches during downturns and disasters will be stronger than ever. Let us know if we missed something or if you have a different opinion. Leave us a comment or shoot us your feedback at ed at runningoutofrunway.com. You can also hit us up on Twitter at outofrunway or at runningoutofrunway.com. Thanks so much for listening in. If you like this content and want more, make sure to subscribe. See ya.